You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. And welcome back to the three boot of the 43 feet podcast. My name is Frank Schwartz, also known as Dark Helmet, president of F3 Nation and host of this here podcast. Gratefully, I am joined today by many members of the shared leadership team for F3 Nation. First, and certainly not best, <laughs> and now they're all wondering who I'm going <laughs> to say first. <laughs> should I always say last but not least, right? So you certainly should say first but not best. Anyway, uh, Eric Nowak, 41 gobbler out of the Puget Sound, the weasel shaker. Not Puget Sound. I keep saying it's Puget Sound, but it's really not, is it? It's Tacoma. Well, our official title is South Sound. South Sound. Okay. Yes. Out of the South Sound, the weasel shaker for F3 Nation. And and also we are joined by one pacifier sucking gentleman, uh, young Otto, his one-year-old uh, son. Yes. I, I don't know if he's going to talk. He'll probably talk later when we least want him to. Yes. Yes. That's how it is for both of you. So okay, next, you. <laughs> also joining us, my good friend and the head of leadership development for F3 Nation out of the ENC, Eastern North Carolina region, Seth Brown, 47, Bono. I'm a little scared based on uh, what you just said about Gobbler. I might just keep it quick and say, it's great to be here and I'm going to go back on mute. How about that? Fair enough. Keep it quick. We've heard that lots from people in your family. Next up, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> from, <laughs> from Jacksonville, Florida, the head of technology for F3 Nation. His name is Chris Gambino. He is 40 years old and his F3 handle is Bada Bing. Bada Bing, Duval. Yeah, Duval. Yeah. What is we that? suck at football. What? what? Come on, Jacksonville. I got Duval nothing. County, Duval. It's a thing. Maybe you should watch sports more, Dark Helmet. Yeah, I'm good. Watch sports. I'm good. Not I don't, a thing. I don't need that. It's a thing. Wait, it's bada bing, thing. not a thing? Is it? That I've is also, not a thing. I've also heard that uh, many times. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom is a thing. Uh, Italian okay. stallion is a thing. Right, right. Great but not Gambino's bada bing. A thing. Not, uh, there it is. There it is. Also joining us, the head of expansion for f3 nation he is from st louis his name is mike sluhan he is 46 and his f3 name is beans what's up darkest and uh with all those great introductions i was a little worried as what was coming but that was very pleasant thank you very much we're still uh mourning here in st louis from our cardinals losing over the weekend but uh, it was a great season by them and uh really happy to for what they accomplished you tell gersh 
F3's deep dish that he needs to get it together. He's got to get himself together. This is unacceptable. The Cardinals have to win all the time. <laughs> if only that were the case. It's, uh, it's football, right? Cardinals? Isn't that football? Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals yeah. football. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we were just uh, chatting uh, briefly right before we got on to uh, recording this podcast uh, as we were meeting. And we there are some pictures floating around in our uh, shared leadership team chat of Otto. Um, and, uh, Gambino was like, Oh, look at him. He's already got muscles. He's wanting, I mean, like the kid is he, what's he squatting now? Uh, you know, like he's already kind of ripped cause it's a, uh, it is a picture of Otto mostly naked. I mean, he has a diaper on, um, in some sort of cart. I said grocery cart and gobbler quickly, uh, corrected me. It's a home Depot. It's a home Depot cart. I mean, that matters. It's Does construction. It? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it matters a lot. Not yeah. a lot of guys riding around in carts and diapers in Home Depot either. But just the same, uh, you know, parenting win. Is that, I guess? Uh, I'd say that's the power dad move. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Gobbler's pushing him around in Home Depot. Otto's making eye contact with every dude that walks by. And he's like, what? You got something to say? Oh, he's a big flirt. He, oh, he talks to all the ladies. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Look at him. He's handsome. I mean, you can't, you can't get past that. Sorry, Pax, you can't see him, but he, he is very handsome. He's clapping as well, but he's got, new, he's got this new thing oh. that he does. Yeah. He, he likes to pull on his boyhood when I change his diaper. That's his favorite thing lately. I, I am <laughs> silent. I, I don't have any, I don't know what to say to that. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> where did he learn that? <laughs> Where did he learn that? He's watching. Okay. All right. We're moving on. You've got daughters. You didn't have to deal with that. I did not have to deal with that. Thank goodness. Um, But none of that is, of course, why we have assembled here today uh, to record this podcast. Um, We actually have uh, some some stuff we want to talk about that is, uh, you know, related, not related. Although I guess in a way you could kind of segue it to like, oh, my family just went, you know, underwent some, some life change, you know, big transition because, you know, daughter went off to college. You could say Gobbler went underwent a, a large, uh, you know, life change and in, in transition because he had a son, not, I mean, not too, too long ago, a year in, you know, you've got to be somewhat used to it, but um, uh, you know, certain things like that, right. We've all, we all go through life changes and transitions and in F3, we do the same thing, right? We've got uh, all kinds of uh, different changes that come. And, and um, mostly uh, in, in our world, they surround leadership. You know, um, guys roll into SLT roles and they roll off. They, you know, they're site cues for a while and then they're not. Uh, they become the, the Nantan and then they aren't. Um, and, um, and so I thought it might be interesting for us to talk a little bit about, uh, what does that look like? You know, what, what does a successful transition look like? And, and for me, this is one of the vexing challenges I think we have as a nation, uh, F3 nation, uh, and that is what's next, you know, what do these guys do next? And cause we see a lot of times, you know, a guy serves for a while and then he rolls off and then in the absence of, of responsibility, in the absence of something, you know, that he has as a role, like a thing that he's doing. Sometimes he he struggles a little to figure out what uh, how he's supposed to be involved next and what he's supposed to do next. So now I've never been uh, in that position specifically, but Bono, I know you were in Nantan for a number of years. So what was it like to to roll out? I, I think the first thing I would say is that it's always awkward to roll out, 
Um, and at the same time, it's it's what's our purpose. And if our purpose is to build other, other leaders and we hold that identity true, then the idea is I find the next thing. Um, it was a little bit easier for me because I rolled out from Nantan and Grubruck was right there as far as the next thing. Um, that made it easier for me for that first transition. Um, I can tell you the other transition that was a little bit harder, and I know you and I talked about this a lot, was from Grubruck to now what do I do? Um, cause there was 13 months, right. Yeah. And yeah, dark, dark's eyes got real big and he's sort of smirking there a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, and I can tell you he, that, that transition was probably one of the better things that I've ever had happen. And, and it happened to me, um, when I was early on working with, at Philmont Scout Ranch as well, but just learning mm-hmm. that there are other things to go on and who am I and how do I focus locally and how do I continue to clarified that identity. So it was, it was not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah. So for those who aren't, aren't fully aware, you know, Bono headed up the grow ruck program for a couple of years there and was, uh, I mean, just completely turned it into, well, I mean, he, he laid the foundation for what it is today and, and it continues to accelerate and it's, it's kind of becoming a, a, a pretty impressive thing, but you know, without his leadership in doing that, it would have been just sort of this strange, like <laughs> it's still would have just been kind of this ad hoc sort of kind of half thrown together feel, you know, like we're trying to figure it out. But point is, is he really, he really pointed in the right direction. Once that was kind of done and, and he was, it was time for him to transition to something else. There wasn't like a next logical thing for him to do in the nation. At that point, we hadn't put together as much structure as we have now. And there just wasn't a clean place to say, Hey, this is where you fit. And so you're saying you kind of felt like there was this time where it was like, uh, now what? Yeah, it's 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 when you and to be honest with you, one of the, the frustrating things and you and I've talked through this is it's that, you know, you get that F3 email and it's like, well, dang it, just let me keep it. You say you got a plan. There's something going on. It's just be patient. <laughs> and I'm like, well, dang it. Why can't I have my email? Right. And it's one of those I, things that was one of those one of those. I don't know. It was one of those tangible things. It's like, dang it, whatever. Right. The just, last little thing holding on there that you're like, you know, kind of that it's really in a big scheme. Is it a big deal? No, not no, really. But, like, but it's that last moment of like, but no, no, you don't, but I'm, I belong here. And then it, you know, I didn't make the policy, you know, take that up with Carmen San Diego. Well, and, and there's a reason why <laughs> there's a logical reason why. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's one of those things I think it's like, all right, whatever. Um, I think for me right now, this whole idea of, of learning to transition out, one of the best things right now is, all right, I learned to transition in. So part of the thing right now mm. is building leaders and figuring out who's taking over for me and who on the team knows what's going on and how do I constantly work through them. And it takes time to build someone up and get them ready for a transition. Like it, it yeah. takes time to get them right. Now you can always say, here are the keys go. And you know that that happens a lot. And honestly, sure. that's the frustrating thing for me is that we can't do that if our core mission is to build leaders. We have to start that earlier. Um, and that to me is where the, the Q source comes in and the, the G3, uh, yeah, the G3L quadrants, you know, we have all the get right and then all mm-hmm. the other rights. And, and that process is so vitally important because we got to go through it. So that's why this role here is, was right for me at the time uh, because I learned the hard way of, you know, it's not my identity. It's, um, it's just a position. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Otto. Um, when I think about that transition, which you hit on some of these things too, I feel like there's a transition for the individual in the position and a transition for that position itself. 
And what I've found is that the, the transition for the individual, and from my experience, seems to go a little smoother the moment that you are granted that position and you start to ask for help that ultimately leads to a much easier transition for you as the individual, Um, mainly because you have a less likely chance of experiencing burnout. Um, Because the moment that you begin starting to ask for help is the moment that you start realizing that you can't take on everything that this position requires and you start bringing other people to surround you to help support that position, which ultimately typically leads to identifying the next successor for that position, which helps with the transition for that individual in the position itself. Um, that's typically what I've found and, and uh, not always easy to do, um, but, definite, <laughs> right. but definitely, but yeah, definitely I think leads to some success. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, you know, especially in the role as head of IT or head of tech, as Dark likes to call it, uh, me not having a formal hands on the keyboard software development or or tech background like that, I, I, I quickly realized asking for help and finding guys that are much better at uh, certain things than I am is the key uh, to transitioning into this particular role. But then I've also been really encouraged by some younger guys in the Jacksonville area that are in their 20s and uh, they're starting. Uh, they started a group actually in high school. There were some 2.0s of some guys and they started a group called Shield Lock. And now they've started to plant uh, some AOs closer to their college campuses. Uh, and they've reached out to me and some other guys about being on their advisory board, realizing at such a young age, they're 20, 21 years old, that they want our help. And it's just such an honor to be able to do that because they want to grow into mature men that uh, learn leadership skills from hopefully guys like us that, you know, have been through a few more experiences and made all the mistakes already. And um, so it's really neat to, to see that uh, in some of their lives as well. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Beans. Yeah, that's a, and that's a really interesting uh, point. So Beans said something that 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 hit me and, and you did too, Bada. Well, all of you did, but, um, but uh, you know, Beans said there's the transition for the man and then there's the transition for the role. And, and those, you know, kind of are two different things, right? So the transition for the role, and this, this is unfortunately, this happens so much in F3 Nation and, and our church actually, you know, since it's volunteer led as well, this is a common, common thing where it's like the next guy's coming in and you just sort of hand them the, you know, hand them the keys and be like, anyway, so uh, best of luck. Nobody taught me anything and I'm not teaching you anything. So see you later. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's not even ill-intentioned that it's like, well, I'm not teaching you because I didn't get taught, but it's more like a, no one taught me how to teach you either. I have no idea what I would even hand to you to transition to you. Right. And so we, we have sort of this walk-off leadership and, and that's part of the problem. And, uh, and then, you know, if the role isn't super clearly defined and they haven't seen, you know, kind of what is done or what has been done or whatever, then there's not necessarily a great place to, to point them um, to, you know, to work on that anyway. And, and I see that as a structure. Right. That's a structural issue, not necessarily a leadership issue, because if a structure is in place to clearly define, here's how we build leaders. Here's how we define it. Here's how you bring someone on. Here's the kind of thing where you give them opportunities. Um, And one of the things probably one of the things that I did better this time 
than I've ever done is just give guys an opportunity. Hey, here's something I want to do. Go for it and try it. Try to clarify. Here's here's the goal. Here are the success indicators. You go do and figure out. And there are a couple of guys right now that are rocking and rolling. And because they're rocking and rolling, it's that opportunity. And because we haven't even talked about, hey, you can be the next whatever the role is. But th- yeah. they're set up to be whatever that role is. They can be that role because they haven't had an opportunity to prove themselves and they're an expert in what they do. They're great. And that's the coolest thing this time is by focusing on on this. It was said at the training, stop doing, start leading. And that whole thing of stop doing, start leading means stop doing all the things. And I think Dred says this, if if someone can do something 80% as well as you can give it to them, let them figure out the other 20%. And that piece right there is so vitally important because otherwise they don't have an opportunity to experience it. We don't have an opportunity to show them, hey, you can do it. And that's that's key. Yeah. And that structure you point out, Bono, is it's a fine line in this organization when we're trying to maintain that lizard mindset, but yet also put in some things that might be considered bullfroggish a little bit. Uh, But when you get to a certain level of growth, you absolutely need a certain level of structure in order to create that solid foundation to grow from. And sometimes the moment we hear structure being lizard minded, we're initially like, no, no, no structure. Let's just go. Um, But having some structure in place typically uh, creates that solid foundation. It's best practices, right? I mean, that's the thing. If, if, for example, right now we're talking in ENC, if, if St. Louis and and Katie have figured out a way to build a, a culture and to build community within area of operations. Why the heck can't we look at that as far as a, a transition in the way we even design a region? And that's something I'm exploring right here. And it's a matter of what, what do we do? How do we even ask that question? Um, I think that's the key thing is we have to be very curious and we have to make sure that we, we stop doing, we start, start leading. And part of that lead means pouring into other men, giving yeah. them those opportunities. Yeah, no doubt. And something you said a, a long time ago, Bono too, is it was a, <clears throat> Kind of this idea that, you know, it, one of the tougher things that we have to do here in F3 is figuring out how to disrupt the disruptors, <laughs> right? The, these are guys who, uh, they like to do the disrupting. They don't like to be disrupted so much. So, you know, finding a, finding a way to, to, to bring to them best practices is, is sometimes tough. That's why we can't call it the, an operating manual. We have to call it a stuff worth trying manual. Like, eh, we think this might be good, but you know what? There, it take, number one, it's a little humility to say, we don't necessarily know. And number two, it's a little, um, you know, kind of a nudge to say this may or may not work where you are. It's a recognition that, you know, I can't tell you how to run, you know, Omaha because I'm not there in Omaha. I have no idea, you know, what the right quote unquote right thing would be, or even what the the best thing would be for, for those men. You mentioned, um, and you, and I know you'll agree with me. You said it's not necessarily a leadership thing; it's a process thing. But you know, who puts the process in place, right? But the, the leaders, leaders. So, so yeah. So okay. it's always a leadership okay. thing. But, but, but that, but, but you, you make a good distinction there in the sense too that it's like it can't just be, you know, um, uh, we can't just hand them, you know, a manual and say this is what you do now, you know, because we have to leave room. And this is something Bono uh, says a lot, you know, we, we have to try and figure out, and it is a dance. How do we leave room for the sua sponte uh, leader to come out and to, you know, to, to foster individual initiative while at the same time, not running amok 
you know, just total anarchy <laughs> everywhere. Right. Yeah. So one of the things you, uh, that, that Bada said though, is, you know, he, he mentioned, uh, and the, the Taz, they, they, they actually used to be, you know, Aquaman, it's Aquaman's kid. He they used to be Fort Mill guys. So, um, so we actually, I know them a little bit, but, uh, the starting that shield lock, and I can't remember what the LOCC stands for. It's like leaders on. Yeah. Something. I can't anyway. remember either, but courage yeah. is in there and yeah, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's good. It's all very good, leadership, but... ownership, courage, and, oh, and ah, another so C somewhere in there. I think I think it's two C's, isn't it? Yeah, it is. As yeah. soon as I uh, actually accept his invitation to be on his advisory board, I'll be admitted into their super secret Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can ask all the questions of what is right. <laughs> but um, you know, looking at that, and you've got this kid here, right, who has taken this initiative, which is amazing, and that kid is like it's so funny to watch some of these, these young men and you're like, wow, you're head and shoulders above your peers. Like it's almost embarrassing, isn't it? Um, to try and hang around with these kids, but, uh, cause they're just so sharp, but, uh, go ahead, buddy. You're going to say something. Well, you, you, it's interesting. They've got, they've got Saigon Sam's 2.0 in there as well as, oh, yeah, as part of their leadership. So it's like, it's kind of this dream team of kids. Right. They come by it, honestly. Yeah, they're like, that way. Yeah. They, they're, yeah, they, they're they came up in the F3 and then, they, yeah. you know, got some like uh, bloodline stuff going on. Right. <laughs> they're just genetically modified to be better leaders. Um, but, uh, but you, you know, you mentioned that and, and these guys reaching out to you and saying, Hey, we want your help. And yes, you'll do that obviously in parallel with your, your work here as head of tech and, and you know, for the nation and everything, but like the, that is a thing where it would be very easy to say, you know what, that's my what's next. You know, that's the thing I can point to and say, you know, I'm going to go help with that. And that'll, you know, when I transition off of this nation leadership, someone else is going to come in and do this much better than I am. Right. But I'm going to go and figure out what, where's the gap. You know, I think that's something we forget sometimes when we sit in a leadership chair is we go, we, because the world, you know, the society says, promotion is, is the next thing. And once you've been promoted all the way to the top, then you either go find another place to sit at the top or you retire. Like those are your, those are your options, right? You, you, you work your way all the way up and then you retire and that's how it's supposed to go. And, you know, we've talked about this many times and we say it all the time in our, in our, our meetings, but like, we're the anti-organization. We are the opposite of that. We are going to say, as soon as you hit that peak, that means it's perfect time to hand it off to the next guy because now you know enough to start another thing. You know enough to lean into something else and make something else happen um, rather than uh, you know, sit back and be like, well, I guess that's it for me. Uh, you know, I'm going to go you know, out to pasture now, right? I agree. And I, I, it's amazing how conditioned we are to want that structure in our life and just having some of these calls with people who are interested in expansion and sharing with them that, hey, we, we don't really have rules. We have five core principles. And like, really? Like, that that's it? Just those five things that we have? And they're just so surprised at how little there is in order to really launch a region. And we tell them we've got lots of additional support and things that are worth trying. But the amount of structure that's really involved, uh, everyone's really shocked at uh, how yeah. little there is. Yeah, I was listening to a lesser known podcast episode. I think it was Order of Man. They had this dark helmet fella on there. Never and it was it. so shocking that, uh, you know, the host was like, really? They're, 
there aren't a lot of rules and structure. Like, how do you keep it together as it expands? And you guys are growing really fast. And, you know, you're like, hey, well, we've got our mission. We've got our core principles and we ingrain that into, you know, the the expansion and into the men and, and the Nantans of each region and they're free to leave. That's it. And he's like, that just seems like so backwards, you know, and but it works. Right. I remember specifically feeling, uh, you know, like he just needs to come and see, you know, as they say on the hashtags mm-hmm. on the Twitter. It's true. And we had a, a guy raise his hand in Maine. So maybe maybe it'll make its way over there now. So we'll see. Yeah. Go ahead, Bono. Yeah, they, they got Massachusetts as well. And I'm actually heading up there at the beginning of November. So I'm like, I'll find Harvard and uh, go work out there. So, yeah. That'll be you're, cool. you're heading up there for work or something? Or, or for a wedding. Yeah. Oh, for a wedding. That's wedding. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Excellent. I'll be up there for, for a while. So that'll be cool. You, you said something a little while ago as far as sort of that what's next, right? You were talking through that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things for me is as guys continue to grow, especially when you get on the say the, the regional level, it's a regional queue or Nantan, or you get on the sector level or something. It's one of those things people always assume, well, it's a demotion to go back and, you know, just be a site queue. What? I can't do that. But I'm like, heck yeah, that's what's so fun. Right. And that's, that's, I think one of the things in, in the last two transitions that, that I've had, that's been the thing is if I want to lead globally, the first thing I have to do is lead locally. Right. So that's the only way to do it. And so part of it for me is, is how do I look at, um, I don't know, how, how do I look at, how do I lead locally? How do we look at this whole concept? And I mentioned it already. How do we transition to more of an AO kind of culture? And what does that look like? Uh, Cause that's a scary thing. And how do we build community um, and really focus on that? How do we make sure we're constantly looking at things and f- focused on the new Nantans? Um, that's probably, I think in thinking through that, one of the, the coolest things is, um, I was the second Nantan and Papa Smurf had passed away of ALS. So I had nobody. Um, and then right now we have just, have a, a new Nantan. Yuraka just, just came on board and we have four guys that once a month we take a run with them, uh, and are able to pour into them. And that's probably one of the coolest thing is having that community to pour into the future leader. Um, I think it's yeah. going back to it. Yeah. And I heard a quote this morning uh, at the uh, at the workout at Hard Knocks, and it was uh, Saigon Sam leading and talking about Sisponti leadership and uh, just being that guy. And I think it was the Dalai Lama that said, "For change to happen in any community, the initiative must come from the individual." You know, yeah. and I, it makes me think a lot about uh, even the VQ week that we had here in Jacksonville not that long ago, where. We just said every queue this week is going to be a VQ. It's time to step up. And guess what? You know, just like in any new role, it's better just to jump in there and do it. Even if the mechanisms and the systems are not perfect, even if your confidence is not at 100%, especially in F3 where you have the support of other men to help course correct you and to, you know, go to and even ask for help when you're not sure. Um, Because that is, you know, the I guess helps to soften your landing and help you to to uh, like I said course correct um, when you're going off track. It's it's so nice uh, that an organization like this exists to be able to to lean on other men to to get that um, guidance from. Yeah, that um, that brings up something that I've thought about a lot that you're talking about about is the uh, rotation of the cues and you know when you're in a leadership position. Uh, I, I know for myself, I've found 
sometimes F3 is a resort that I can go and not be a leader because um, there's a rotating queue that happens and you can get really comfortable with having that as your outlet to, to not have to lead. Um, but then yeah. you're constantly reminding yourself, no, my job is to go out there and queue just like everybody else. This is peer led in a rotating fashion. And I can't just go out there and take, I also have to give in that regard uh, and sign up to queue every now and then just to, to fill that responsibility. That's something I just did recently because we were training for Blue Ridge Relay. And so a lot of running, the, the most you do as a queue is you figure out, you know, turn left here, which is not really a queue in a workout. Um, and then now I'm like, all right, I'm done with running. So uh, let's get into it. So leading boot camps uh, led one Friday that was just so much fun. It was just simply counting cadence. Um, and it was so much fun. And we just got there and it's like I'm worn out and I'm sore in different ways. But it's the fact of, you know, there are guys who were leading cadence. We talked about language and that foundational principle. And it was just neat to be able to go back to just simply cueing a workout and how that shifted me out of a status quo that I, I needed to be shifted out of. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. Having the cue still gives me a little bit of butterflies. Yep. Even to this day, because I know that I am going to be standing in front of a bunch of men that, you know, regardless of who they are in their mammon and their in their real life, not in the gloom that, you know, I've got to lead them and they're expecting a level of leadership from me, not just to make them do a bunch of hard stuff and burpees and this and that they want to get something out of it. And it's my responsibility to both serve them and give them some of that encouragement, give them that reason to get up at five in the morning and show up, not just for one another, because we do that anyway, inherently, but you know, what's the, you know, am I going to add a theme to my workout? Am I going to, you know, show them how to do something right? Like, um, and I always try to think about it in that, Hey, <laughs> that part of the leadership is probably one of the ones that I get the most nervous about. It's just queuing workouts and I love it. And I do it as much as I can, but, um, you know, I want it, it might just be me, you know, holding myself to a certain standard, but that's, um, something that is always like, Hey, I got, I got these men around me that are going to hold me to this standard and I need to be prepared. Whatever cue point that is. Yeah. That's one of those foundational cue points there. Bada bing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the Sue Sponte cue point hashtag Q source is idiotic numbering system 4.1. Yes. If you're following along. Yes. <laughs> well, Bono, you had mentioned too, like uh, talking about that transition and doing it when you're 80% there. I, I, I know that's very difficult for guys. And just speaking for myself, I know that's been difficult because when you get to a leadership position, you know, you're looking back and seeing all the things that you had to go through, all the mistakes, all the failures, all the, you know, hills that you had to climb to, to get to that point. And then the thought of having to do that all over again with something else, rather than just stay in that point of comfort that you feel like you've attained, that's very difficult to do mentally. But that's where the, the true hymn does that over and over and over again you know, handing that baton to somebody else and finding the next hill to climb. And instead of looking at the hill as, oh gosh, I have to go through that again, looking at the hill and say, I get to go through that again. You know, because you, you bring that up. I run into people in my line of work who are like, I have done this job for 35 years and I am an expert at it. And I'm like, I certainly hope you're an expert at your job after 35 years. Cause if you're not, 
I'm not sure what to say to you. Um, but that's, you know, that idea of constantly growing and pursuing. And I have found that it really only takes about a year to 18 months to really become an, an expert-ish in your job. I'm not saying you don't keep learning things, but um, after about like, two years, you you pretty much know what your job entails. And you get to a point where you can pass things off, particularly if you're in a leadership role, you're now in a position where you can start teaching and passing things off. And you should be able to, after that point, move on to something else. Uh, and that, which is probably why we recommend around ish two years for Nantan to hand off because that's about how long it takes to learn a task um, or a job role. And in the army, it's something that I did all the time. You know, if I had a, an army job for longer than 12 months, I was, that was way too long, you know, constantly changing out, constantly moving on, just built building. And the other thing is that because you're, if you think about that, that builds into living third because most of the planning and the thought processes that you do today won't bear fruit until the next person's tenure. And so you, ha- it builds this idea into, into each man that you're executing a former Nantan or a former leader's plans today. They're not yours, but you're responsible for executing them. And you're laying the groundwork for the next guy. And it weaves each of you together in such a way that you, you builds in that idea that you're a team and you're living third. And, but if you get to be there four five, six years, you get this unhealthy ownership that that's not, that we're not there to, to we don't want guys to, to understand it. You don't own it. You need to give it away. No, I, I really like that idea of stewardship. And that, I think that's probably, you know, again, it's, it's a uh, counter cultural, it's counter society, right? We, as men, that's not necessarily what we're taught uh, is the way to handle the organization, right? We're taught that that we should sit at the top and we should pat ourselves on the back and we should tell ourselves, you know, how wonderful we are and whatever. But um, you you uh, working to become irrelevant, uh, not irrelevant, I guess maybe that's not the right word, but um, what's the word that Dredd uses all the time? Um, replaceable, I guess. Working to become replaceable. That's the that's the 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 key and the trick. And I think too many of us get into a a position and get swept up in, you know, the, the glory to work ratio that I always talk about, you know, like (laughs) high glory to work ratio. Then we start going, man, look at, look at all this. You know, we start seeing great stuff happening. The temptation is to go look at all these wonderful things, all these wonderful things I'm doing. That's all the great stuff that's happening because of my leadership (laughs) when really it has nothing to do with you. And, um, and, and remembering that sometimes can be hard and getting humbled to remember that can be hard. So I like the idea of stewardship because then it has nothing to do with who's sitting in the chair or even that there is a chair with a name on it, uh, a position name or a person's name, right? Because it, it's almost like treating it like its own living organism and we have to just take care of it and nurture it and, and coddle it and take, you know, do what we need to do to make sure that it stays healthy, independent of us. Yeah, I think the the way the world works is like they're trying to teach you how to be irreplaceable, right? That's your yeah. your goal in, in Mammon is how can I make myself irreplaceable? Because the old saying is we're all replaceable. And how can I add all this value and do all this stuff that's like, look at me. Um, but I think what you said about, you know, make ourselves replaceable, set up systems and mechanisms that other people can replicate and walk right into and step into a good situation because 
you always hate to step into a situation where it's just a, you know, shit show and, and your favorite meme, this is fine with the dog sitting in around a, you know, a giant room on fire. Um, nobody, nobody wants to walk into that. Nobody wants to walk into that. And, and so, yeah, I mean, setting it up, uh, basically to leave, right. If you will, for the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Bono. That, that I think is the key, right? The, the idea behind leaving, right. Is, is really cl- clearly identifying the purpose is to build leaders. And the way we build leaders is to give them the opportunities from the beginning. And so if, if it's set up that way, if, if a region is set up where every 18 to 24 months, we have some Nantan turnover because they're being prepared, they're given opportunities, then that becomes a part of doing business. That's what I'm talking about with structures, right? It's just that culture is a structure. And if that culture is to give it away, then what it does is then it frees up that Nantan to do the next thing, Right. To, to do something else, to lead somewhere else and figure things out. And that's the coolest thing, I think, is looking at it not as a loss, but an opportunity and freedom to lead other places. Oh, I love that. And, and you know, just made me think of the, the image that came to my head. And I know we're coming on the end of our time here, but the image that came to my head was, you know, the the old, uh, who was it? Charlton Heston, you know, I am Spartacus. And everybody stands up and says, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus, right? And that made me think, this is the crazy train of thought in this loco brain, but that made me think of this new video that is out on the Twitters right now where all these guys are standing around going, you know, I'm F3, I'm F3. And really that is it, you know, and they're saying it maybe as in a, Hey, I represent what an F3 man is, or I I'm a part of F3 or something like that. Maybe that's the way they meant it. But the way that I heard it, the way that I saw it in my mind was no, no, don't misunderstand. That man is F3. He is the Nantan of his life. And he is the one freed to lead. He is the one who gets to say what does and doesn't happen in, in, in his world, in his sphere of, of influence, right? And so, you know, that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to train for. And that's why I think that one of the things I love so much about F3, again, is that it's it, as an anti-organization, as the opposite of, of you know, a, a, the world's organizations, you know, we we get to stand and say, no, that's, that's not actually how this works, right? The way this actually works is that we all combine to achieve a mission and we don't worry about who gets the credit. I, I don't know who said that one. That, that's a, I'm sure that the JVR, our boy Repito, uh, has, has said this once or twice somewhere, but uh, you know, it's amazing what can get done when nobody cares who gets the credit, you know, that whole idea. And so that makes the transition easier. And one of the things that I, not to I feel like I'm blowing a lot of sunshine up Bono's skirt, but, um, but uh, you know, one of the things that, that he did, I, I think if it wasn't literally day one, Bono, you can correct me, but if it wasn't literally day one, it was pretty close to after that, that you were, you were talking about some, and I, I'm not going to name who it was, but you're talking to me about someone who you were trying to groom and teach some things and whatever. Cause you were like, I don't know if he's the next guy or not yet, but I got to school him, you know, right. Bono's really dedicated to the, you know, the, the leadership development process of, you know, schooling, apprenticeship, opportunity and failure. Right. So I got to school him and figure out so that as I come alongside him and apprentice him some, whether or not he can handle it or not, turns out he couldn't, but that's not, he, but, but that was the point, right? He tried it. He, you jumped in and tried to show a thing and test it out. And I, like I said, literally, I think from just about day one, if not day one. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those things is sort of with this role in particular, but just the mission of all F3 men is, is a matter of 
right there from the beginning is, is who do I have the opportunity to give it to? Um, and that's key. Yeah, it is. It is key. That's exactly, I mean, that, that's the, that's the trick, right? And it's difficult because again, and I know we've said this a thousand times already on this podcast and, and we'll say it a thousand times more. And in fact, I tweeted something about it. Uh, maybe it was this morning. I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, I tweet too much. We all know that, but, um, but uh, you know, our natural state, our natural tendency, the thing that we want is to put ourselves up at the top. The thing that we want is, you know, whatever. And our, our job, one of our jobs, I think, as men, as virtuous leaders, as F3 men is to subdue our nature, is to put our nature in check, to put it in its proper place. So while our nature wants to sit at the top of an organization, pat ourselves on the back, tell us how wonderful, you know, tell ourselves how wonderful we are and all that kind of stuff, hold on to it, you know, for too long and, and whatever, like we, our job is to subdue our nature and to put it into uh, the proper place uh, so that our, our will can, can control our nature. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. No. It's not an easy thing to do, but uh, boys, if it was easy, we wouldn't need leaders. Am I right? Aye. 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 Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time.